1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
0: You are Locked On Cowboys, your
1: daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network,
0: your lock, team every day.
1: on. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir?
0: Happy Friday, uh, Friday of a bye week, man. I mean, this is uh, about as free and easy as we're going to get in the uh, in a regular season mm. week. So uh, I, I'm I'm doing well. I'm excited to, you know, it's. I love Cowboys football. Obviously, I do a, a daily podcast on it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's always nice, you know, it to is. actually have a Sunday to watch football without the kind of butterflies and like concerns about the game. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that.
1: I'm really excited just to sit down and watch the games all week and not yeah. have any n- nervousness at all. It should be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so today, Landon, we've got a special episode because. It's the bye Week, so we can answer some more of your Twitter questions. And we got a little fun segment at the end for you guys. But uh, let's get to some questions. And this first one is from Jacob, and I think it's a really good question. Uh, He wants to know, how badly do the Cowboys need the number one seed? Is is it enough to have the number two seed and home field advantage through the first two rounds, or do they need to make it a priority to try to be the number one seed?
0: I mean – I think it's as much of a priority as it is for, for any team, you know, I, I, yeah. there's obviously benefits to being the number one team and especially with the changes in, in the playoff scenarios and stuff. Um, you know, I, I think the Cowboys should be shooting for it. Absolutely. Cause they're, they're certainly within striking distance as we stand. Currently we have a long way to go two thirds mm-hmm. of the season left, but I, I think that it certainly should be what they're, what they're going for but if they don't, if they you know if they end up being the second seed or something like that or a third seed, um it's 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 definitely not as good. I think you know the second the second seed is is pretty close, you know, i I the difference between the first and the second seed really may be negligible, especially this year depending on who the NFC wild card teams are, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's just an
1: extra game though. that's that's so big though, right? Having to play one more game.
0: I don't see. I think you can make an argument that those bye weeks are dangerous at times, you know? Because you could,
1: they, they they can be dangerous. However, we've seen like over the last decade, like the number one seed makes it to the Super Bowl like sixty-six percent of the time. And I know that's because typically the number one seed is the best team in the, the best conference, team right? In football, but, yeah. but when you just have one fewer game that you can possibly slip up in, sure. I think it, it matters. Now, there's a there's a question that I, I lost where it's at, but uh, basically, the question was, if the Cowboys aren't going to be the number one seed, at what point do you start managing some of the snaps of these guys? Like for example, I, the the listener pointed out, Amari Cooper, it's pretty clear he's compromised right now with what, at least three different injuries: a knee, a foot, or a, a knee, a hamstring, and a uh, uh, ankle a, I think An ankle injury. Like, at what point do you say, "Hey, Amari, listen, we're let's say we're nine and two why don't you just take the week off or take two weeks off? Let's let Michael Gallup and some of these other guys get more run. Is that something
0: you start to consider? I think you have to be really careful doing that stuff. And and honestly, it goes back to what I, what I was just talking about. Like, I think there's an element of trying too hard to like, you know, get your guys extra rest. That is borderline taking your foot off the gas. Right. Like, and, and I think that that's, That's. I think it is just as much of a problem as having to play an extra game is that in the playoffs, when you get to the end of the year, you become a well-oiled machine, you know, and and at least the good teams do. Um, And so I think there is something to the idea that there is a certain amount of diminishing returns in losing a week, especially that time of year when you're kind of really battle testing yourself. So do you start doing it now? I, I think that that's something that should be considered. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're going to do kind of maintenance on these guys, I think there is a concern that, you know, it's, I personally think that there is benefits to doing it earlier in the season uh, and then kind of really just ha- have them in their dead sprints by the end of the year and, and, and just not pulling them out of that. I, I think that there, we've seen it with Cowboys teams in the past, I think where, They've gone in, they've, they've gotten an opportunity to either get a bye or they've rest their starters week 17. Mm-hmm. And then they come into those games flat and they've had problems. Now, part of that could be the, the problem with those specific teams, but it's not just the Cowboys that have this problem. You know, So I think that there is a very difficult balance between not playing your starters uh, and making sure that they're still kind of fully in the rhythm of their offensive and defensive game plans uh, by the end of the season.
1: I'm curious to see what happens with a few of these guys once like Neville Gallimore comes back and Michael yeah. Gallup and Kelvin Joseph. Like, do they scale back the snaps for Trevon Diggs? Do they scale back Amari Cooper snaps or, or not? I mean, I, I think this is the time to start thinking about that, especially O-D- with a couple of the guys that are really
0: banged up. Oh, is the guy that I think about, you yeah, know, he's because playing snaps. he's playing a ton of snaps and he's a rookie. So yep. I would say when Gallimore comes back, if you could figure out a, a defensive tackle rotation that you can get away with for a little while, it would probably behoove them to give OSA some re- either reduced snap games mm-hmm. or just like a you know a week off here and there because that is something you know less so with the, some of the other positions that the rookies and the young players are playing in. but defensive tackle is such a brutal this position well- to play for that many snaps for that long.
1: The other one I would say is Randy Gregory, because I know Gregory missed week two because of COVID, but he's been dealing with a knee injury for a while now. And because they just haven't had the depth because of DeMarcus Lawrence being hurt, Dorrance Armstrong being hurt, uh, Bradley and I missing two games because of COVID. Gregory's had to play a lot of snaps. So he's another one you might want to scale back his snaps. Not a ton. Like I'm not saying 25 snaps a game, but he doesn't need to be playing. 95 percent of the snaps going forward right
0: yeah you you hope that armstrong coming back will give you know him more opportunity to kind of get yep. some some lower snap count games that to say yep. I guess is the best way to say it and then eventually you know and maybe that's the benefit to kind of slow playing lawrence right is that if you get lawrence all the way right before you bring him back then you can just feed him a whole bunch of snaps uh, once he i would back not and then rest of the other guys
1: So what was the initial timetable? Did they say eight to 10 weeks for Lawrence, right? That sounds right. Yeah. I really don't want to see Lawrence until after Thanksgiving at the very earliest. I I just, I, those foot injuries can be so bad. There's absolutely no rush to try to get him back on the field. I would just rather have him ready to go by January rather than, Trying to get him back in week fourteen or whatever, it just it does not make a difference. So
0: I need him at the end of the year. I, I need
1: him when you're playing Aaron Rodgers in the second round of the playoffs to make the game-winning right. sack. Right. That's right. Oregon yeah. Stafford, which he's done before. Uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys again about Bet Online. We are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the website uh, and use their updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the easiest and fastest way to bet on all of your favorite sports.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: All right, Lane, I, I got to pick on these two people that sent us questions. I'm going to read these back to back. These are different ones. This one's from Evan. There's been a big debate recently about how much credit Mike McCarthy should be getting for this team success mm. so far this season. This is an honest question. I'm actually curious about what is exactly does he do besides clock management c- speeches and press conferences? Kellen calls to plays. Next question. From this one's from Big Sauce. Why does Mike McCarthy not get any credit? Everyone thinks his game management. It's not perfect, but most other coaches have the same issues weekly. It's just a lazy thing to harp on. So, what are your thoughts on Mike McCarthy and the credit that he deserves?
0: I think that the second question is more correct. I, I, I think I would agree. I think that he's not getting enough credit. And I think that it's, there's, it's easy. Look, some of you guys, some of you guys clearly have shown that you weren't alive or watching football for the Andy Reed, Philadelphia Eagles, because. <laughs> oh, it was the biggest thing on it. It's still, I mean, it's we, still we a problem with, with him. how bad he was at the end of games. It's still a problem with him. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's one aspect of these, uh, 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 of these, co- of coach head coaching that, you know, there's, There is so much that goes into being a head coach. You know, you organize every single aspect of what the players do every day. Well, That's what I was going to say. Coaching isn't just a Sunday
1: job, right? Being a good coach is being a good coach Monday through Saturday. And there's, as you mentioned, there's so much stuff between practices, getting the right practice schedule, uh, dealing with players' personalities and knowing how to best motivate them. Dealing with the egos of coaches, right? Like That's a big thing we don't talk about at all. And it seems like Mike McCarthy's got a pretty good idea of how to deal with that kind of stuff, right? There's I mean, a look, lot that goes into coaching.
0: It would have been really easy for Mike McCarthy to come in here and tell Kellen Moore, you know, this isn't how we're running this offense. Exactly. You know, or we're doing this. I mean, we're not giving him enough credit for the fact that he had some flexibility here. And, you know, I'm really tired of ex Packer fans who happen to be commenting on Cowboys constantly of, of projecting their own, you know, failures of of when he was there, despite the fact that they won the super, a super bowl with the guy, you know, and, and yeah. it's like, yeah. I understand the Aaron Rodgers worship and that Aaron, Ro- like, how can you only win one super bowl with Aaron Rodgers? Let's not pretend that Aaron Rodgers is absolutely infallible all the time. All right. He is a roller coaster himself. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and look, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, not a terribly likable guy, you know? So he, so his coach was ask able to kind family. of hold that deep hold. Yeah. Ask his family, <laughs> uh, which is part of the reason that, he, you know, his coach was able to kind of hold that team together. Look, obviously it went sour with, with the Packers to the point where the Packers you know, front office and a bunch of other people were leaking terrible things about McCarthy that may or may mm-hmm. not be true. I have a hard time. And I, and you and I have discussed this, you know, privately, I have a hard time, uh, uh, you know, resolving the the uh, the criticism around Mike McCarthy about you know he's lazy, blah, blah 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 blah. Except the results don't seem to match any of that. No, right? No. Like the actual results in the field, they don't seem to match any of that. He did a great job of training uh, training camp. Clearly, look how this team came out of training camp in a way that yep. they haven't in years, and 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 that complaint also you know combined with the end of game stuff like those are two completely different things so I don't understand how you're associating one with the other my larger point on this is that this team is five and one and everyone's talking about oh god Kellen Moore is going to leave to go be a head coach and listen I I think Kellen Moore if you're giving me the choice I would rather have Kellen Moore as my head coach than Mike McCarthy next year but that isn't to say that Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve credit for his team being five and one. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous guys. And and if you can't give like Mike McCarthy some credit for the fact that he took, what was it like 10 years worth of green Bay teams to the playoffs or something like that? Something ridiculous. Like it, it's just, it's just really like, you know, Cowboys fandom has this ability to, look past mounds and mounds of evidence to find the one thing that they think is wrong and then harp on that to the point where they can you know confuse yeah. themselves into thinking that the, the subject of the of the of the conversation is bad because they they can't do this one thing and th- the, this one thing that i've determined is the most important thing is the only determining factor on whether a you know player coach whatever it is 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 good and i think that's it's yes. happening right now with mike mm-hmm. McCarthy. How
1: easy would it have been for Mike McCarthy just to get into Jerry Jones's office, drop his ring on the table, and say, "We're doing it my way. We're going to run the defense that I used when I won the Super Bowl. I'm going to call the plays because that's what I did when we won the Super Bowl, and we're going to run my offense." And he didn't do any of that. Like he lets Dan Quinn run his defense, or run, like whatever defense Dan Quinn wants to run in whatever situation he wants to run it, he can. Now, I know the argument as well. Isn't that just being lazy? He's you know he's basically delegating all of his jobs. That's what a head coach does, right? Like That's what a head people, coach does. It's what a good manager or a good boss does is they put people in situations they trust and they kind of let them do their jobs. It's, it's, It sounds simple, but it's really, really hard for these head coaches to let go of control. And I think McCarthy's done a really good job of that so far.
0: I think one of the the good things that Jason Garrett w- was doing at certain points was, was day-to-day management. I thought that yes. that was one of the strengths that uh, Jason Garrett had. Having said that, Jason Garrett put serious clamps on Kellen Moore. Yes. Do you see Mike McCarthy doing that? No, <laughs> I don't. No, so, I and actually, I think it's the opposite. He's, I think he's
1: kind of helping him open empowered. up as a play
0: caller, right? Absolutely. He's giving him
1: confidence like, hey, if it doesn't work, that's okay. We're, we're trying different things. We're, we're trying to be a more explosive offense rather than, hey, let's kind of rein things back in. We're getting a little too wild, Kellen. It doesn't seem like that's the, the case at all, right?
0: Yeah, and again, I, I, you know, if you're if you're judging a head coach solely on their fourth quarter decisions, I mean, Andy Reid is just the best example. There are literally hundreds of or, Hall of Fame level coaches that have that have these problems. I mean, heck, the Hall of Fame coach we just played last week had this problem. So how about you know, last,
1: how about last Sunday he punted three different times on fourth and two or less.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, even the stats, like if you go look at uh, Ben Baldwin's numbers and like the uh, comparison nope. of decision-making versus what the fourth down bot tells you, I think Dallas is number two or
1: yeah, something like number that. Two. So, number two, yep.
0: What, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> like, I mean, uh, let's give Mike McCarthy some credit for this five and one start that we're enjoying. Right uh, now. Absolutely. Uh, all right, next question. This one kind
1: of ties into what we're talking about. Uh, this one is from uh, at Ball from Grace. He wants to know, how much has the Kellen offense evolved since the 2019 season? It feels like it, it existed within the confines of Garrett in 2019, but wasn't fully realized in 2020, but has fully evolved this year. What have you seen in the
0: differences between Kellen You know, shout out to Ball from Grace because he's a, he's a great follow as well. Yeah, um, he, I've seen, uh, first of all, it's, it's more that it's just all available to them all the time the Cowboys have had, you know, I don't know that we've seen outside of some of the trick plays, you know, that are obviously, you know, very visible. And and we all point new and and all the the offense is largely constructed of plays that the Cowboys have had in their playbook for a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: It's just the sequencing of them, right?
0: It's the sequencing and it's the willingness to call plays, you know, uh, at certain times that previously we wouldn't and, and, and the, the ratio of run to pass, the, the, the timing of it, the in game, you know, per game game planning against an opponent uh, it's, it's a different philosophy. It's, it's, you know, viewing through a different pair of glasses. So I I think, you know, part of what happened since that's happened since 2019 is that 2019 was, you know, Kellen's was Kellen's first year calling plays, right? Yeah, and then 2020, you know, was the year that obviously that that was supposed to, you know, kind of take a step forward and evolve some. And the, and the problem was, obviously, with COVID, it's tougher to kind of, you know, really drive home those plays and figure out what's what's good in your playbook when you're all working from home, right? So I think that the opportunity to actually have a full training camp, having a year, two plus, two, two plus years under his belt for Kellen. I think that, and then obviously, you know, they've got maybe top two, top three quarterback in the NFL right now. So uh, I I think all those things coming together with, uh, and listen, give Jason Garrett and some of these folks credit for developing a a decades worth of Mm -hmm. very complicated and very uh, uh, robust run game options in there, right? Like they run power, pin and pull, lots of zone, uh, you know, man. So I think having that kind of built in with an offensive line that's been practicing that well since even before Kellen's been here, uh, that provided another opportunity. And Kellen was not uh, afraid to, to leverage that uh, in the run game. And again, another guy who real quick needs needs a shout out that has never gotten any and or, def- or has gotten very little and definitely deserves more is Joe Philbin. Joe mm, Philbin has yes, done a yes. hell of a job as offensive yep. line coach and as a run game coordinator uh, in designing these game plans and also developing these offensive line.
1: Uh, just a couple of things on Kellen before we move on. I, I really like how the game plan just adjusts depending on the opponent. Like against yeah. the Chargers, they just ran the crap out of the ball that game, right? And then against the Patriots, they're throwing the ball 50 times. And it's not, hey, we're going to line up and do what – we do best it's we're going to tailor a game plan around what the opponent is going to give us right. And what they can't stop. So I really appreciate that. I also have a hot take for you. Landon. Let's hear I think last year was good for Kellen in some ways because it taught him how to call a game on offense when everything's not perfect around him. Right? Like we saw a game against Atlanta where they were missing both offensive tackles and they still put up 40 points. Um, we saw at the end of the year, like, I know there was a lot of quarterback problems, but the, at the end of the year, the Cowboys were putting up points. Like week 14, 30 against Cincinnati. Uh, week 15, 41 against the 49ers. Week 16, 37 against the Eagles. And that's all with Andy Dalton playing quarterback. So I think it. I think that season helped Kellen Moore find ways to, to put up points despite maybe offensive line not being perfect. The running back's not running really well. So I, I think it was good for him
0: i i think you're absolutely right and and i think you know effective human beings find a way to grow from adversity yeah and i and i think that's what we saw is that this was a terrible season for a lot of different people but on several different fronts not just the coach cowboys coaches Mm -hmm. but cowboys certain cowboys players as well were able to take the lessons that they learned from what was an awful season and grow from it and i think that's I mean, that's not as old. That's all you can ask for a, a football player, but that's also all you can ask for a human being that's going through right. terrible things. Right. It's just to try to find a way to learn from it and grow from it. And I, obviously, I agree. Kellen Moore has done a lot of that based on what was a, a disaster year last year.
1: All right. Let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about McDonald's. This episode of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family come, or from the community, can come together. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba I'm loving it. You get that every time. You laugh. I'm loving time. it, man.
0: I'm loving you singing the song. It's yeah, great. yeah. It's awesome. Uh You know what we also love, Bill Bar.
1: Built Bar is the best right. tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with mm. no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you will get 15% off your next box at BiltBar.com. Get the coconut Our- crunch. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, all right. We we have a, a fun little segment for you today, Landon. Uh, I didn't even tell you what this is, so it's going to surprise no you a little bit. Um, we are getting close to Halloween. It's, what, oh, next boy. week. Uh, we're going to be busy with some game prep against Minnesota, so we're not going to get a chance to talk about Halloween too much. So no. I want you to rank your top five candy bars on the show right now. So not, not like oh, Reese's man. Pcs, not, not Mike and I, I want your candy bars.
0: We're taking Bill Bar out of this because it's not. Yeah, Bill Bar's number right? one, of course. <laughs> okay, so. yeah, obviously. Oh, dude, you really got me. Um, Would you like me to go first? Yeah, you go first. And are we going five to one or what's? Yeah, give give me give me. You your can do five to one. one. Yeah, that's you okay. can do five okay. to one. Uh, I made a little <laughs> oh list right God. here that you, <laughs> you can got look. A list.
1: That's amazing. All right, cool. So, so I'll break it down: ten through one. It's Kit Kat at number ten, Snickers at number nine, Payday at number eight. Take five at seven, a hundred grand at six. Twix is at five. Reese's fast break at four. Reese Cups at three. Milky Way at two, and at number one, the greatest candy bar of all time, Heath Bar. Heath Thoughts? Bar. Uh,
0: well, I think I've only ever had one Heath Bar in my life. What? Maybe Do I've they only not had have them out in California. No, they have them. It's oh, okay. But yes, they have. They have them. Account <laughs> my mother-in-law. Uh, no, it's. <laughs> They, you know, 100 Grand is another one that I think I've only had. That's the one that's like covered in peanuts and it's car- caramel, right? Yeah, I kind of. Yeah. 100 Grand. Yeah. Uh that one's pretty good. I don't, I don't even know what the Reese's Fast Break is. I've never even Oh, you need that. to try it. It's like uh, they
1: they basically break up reese cups and they put it in and it has a little bit of like a nougat in there. It's really oh, good, man.
0: All right, so I'll give you my uh, – well, Milky Way is disgusting. I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, oh, I, I'll give you my, it's, it's chocolate and caramel. Uh, it's I don't like it. Uh, oh, you know what? You know what? I, I'm sorry. I take that back. I always get Milky Way and uh, – uh, Snickers? No, no. Three Musketeers. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. No. We don't. Yeah. Nobody likes Three Musketeers. Nobody likes terrible it. Kid. Okay, so I'll give you my five because I don't know, man. I, I don't think I can do ten. So uh, five would be Snickers. Okay. Four would be Kit Kat three would be uh reese's peanut butter cups two yeah. would be nestle crunch mm, that's I'm a, a big one. nestle crunch fan mm-hmm. uh and number one is without a doubt uh almond joy uh, i i love <laughs> coconut so so uh, all right
1: well you need to explain something to me what is the difference between an almond joy and mounds are they very nice. similar almonds that's, the that's all it is
0: is yeah it's almond, almond joys have nuts mal- it's the it's like the ad says marcus hey by the way almond joy if you guys want to hit us up on uh to get a sponsorship i i'll do the jingle almond joys got nuts mounds don't that's that's the okay. difference so. i see i didn't even know yeah there you go now okay you, just listen to the jingle that's all you got to do it'll okay, so, guide so, you to your
1: candy choice the, the, the next question i have for you what is the worst candy bar out there because I think Three Musketeers is close.
0: It's terrible. Uh, Mike's and Mike and Ice, man. I don't. That's like I candy do bar. Not... That's like just. Oh, candy. yes. Yeah, we're doing candy bar. Okay. Um. Man. How about? Do you like Baby Ruth? No, Baby Ruth is terrible. That's that's <laughs> that's another one that's terrible. Um, anything with like weird like nougat. That's not like good. Yeah, see, you know, I, it's, I'm not like... a huge nougat fan. It just depends. Yeah. But yeah i i like chocolate and crunch that's that's kind of my my you know uh, uh two two big uh, okay. elements that i'm looking for i can't for believe you've
1: bar. you've only had a heath bar once in your life go buy one this weekend and enjoy yourself
0: i mean it's halloween so it's it's the time for trying candy i guess right so all right so i, I am a new dad this year
1: uh, and we are going to a halloween party so what's the rule on stealing candy if you're a dad from your from your daughter
0: the uh how conscious are they? You know, because I mean, if, if if they if they don't even know the difference, if they're just drooling on themselves, you know, like 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 uh, like your daughter is, then it's just oh, crazy. well, she
1: loves suckers. Like every time I have a sucker, she just pulls it out of my mouth and puts it right. Well, in
0: see, hers. then yeah, I mean, then that's out of the realm. But as long as you can just sneak out of the 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 you know pumpkin head uh, yeah. you know candy thing holder that you've got, as long as you can sneak it without her noticing. Uh, you know, up until, uh, how old is my daughter? Seven, seven is how old is he continued to steal candy from. Yeah. I would
1: just, I mean, at that age, I'd just say all oh, these Heath bars, they're no good. You don't, they're going to hurt your teeth. You don't want that one.
0: Oh, that's usually the excuse we use, too, is, oh, <laughs> eating this much candy is not good for you. That's why we're going to put it in the shelf. And then meanwhile, while she's asleep, we just steal little bits of it uh, here and there. I don't know what happened to all the candy, sweetie. You must have eaten yes. it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so we want to hear your your top five candy bars. Please leave yes. us a five-star review. Leave your uh, your answers uh, in there in the comment section. I would love to hear. I would like to hear if you guys think I'm ridiculous for putting Heath at number one. Uh, do we me, have some it, baby
0: Ruth fans? Like, do are there people out there that like no, baby Ruth?
1: please, I, Everybody that's please. over the age of like 75. They, like they have Leave
0: the a really, review they have Leave a review and tell us. soft
1: candy bar or something. That's what they have to eat. <laughs> Ugh. Gross.
0: Uh, all
1: right. Uh, follow in at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy the bye week. We'll see you guys next time.
0: A hey, prime members.